You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 254 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the PTUK studios this week, as always... It's Matt Smith. Yeah, hello. Sorry, I just just as we started there, my earpiece fell out. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't people. a problem with the green screen this week. No, right? well, that makes a change, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. How are we all? Are we all good? Yes, it's it's nice. I know. It's, it's I was just saying this afternoon that I was uh, over here at PTK Studios with were, Matt, yes, and we were just putting a few final touches to uh, to the studio, weren't we, Matt? Yeah, we were absolutely. Yeah, is your, is your microphone the wrong way round or something? No, it's, it's right. I can right, bring okay. it up a little bit further. If you want. Sorry, I thought you were doing a Captain okay. Nick on us there for a no, moment. No, 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 no. no. Okay. The lights here at the front. Don't panic. Okay, I'll, I'll adjust. It'll be fine. Yes, <laughs> we, we we put some uh, an extra little piece of lighting up. Above our we heads did. here, which is yes. quite good. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, seems to be a, helping with the. Old we have a nice screen. new tablecloth. We do, which yes. is quite nice. Uh, <laughs> are we the only posh. people in the world that are very excited about the fact that we have a, a, a tablecloth? <laughs> it's very yeah. posh. I can see from Nev down there. Look, he's not very. No. <laughs> yeah, but we've could been be less interested now, now that we've been to Nev Tech Studios. Well, that's everything true. I else feel is very just in, inferior. Nev. Certainly, absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, joining us this week uh, from his uh, stately mansion, it's uh, Neville Bounds. Yes, hello everybody. Well, as you can imagine, we've had terrible snow here in Buckinghamshire. There's been, I think it was 300 schools closed. I didn't even know we had 300 schools in Buckinghamshire. But yes, we had two and a half centimetres of snow and it, the whole county ground to a halt. And uh, all a bit pathetic, I have to say. Oh, really? But, uh, you, you, see, I thought no. you were being sarcastic, Nev. I'm not going to lie. Cause, no, cause, we did have some oh, snow. Oh, right, you did actually but, have some um, snow. Okay. <laughs> Across across the Chilterns, you know, High Wycombe up to Oxford, yeah. but uh, as usual, we, we we can't drive in snow anymore. Even no. though we could in the nineteen sixties, it worked know, perfectly but... okay then, and we never had a day off from uh, school. I don't remember. No, <laughs> so. and of course, weirdly here we've had, well, like literally the lightest. We had one flake, of, about five flakes five on flakes, a Thursday yeah, evening, fine. I think. You know, into into the wee small hours, and other than that, literally nothing here in the east at all <laughs> indeed so we're still getting around in our various vehicles no trouble so not joining us this week uh, because he is uh, on location and i think um, if my memory serves me right he's been skiing today so he's, he's been skiing uh, i think in he's Germany, having, if my yeah, he's having some downtime i think after skiing so yeah. armando is not with us this week no. uh, but he will be back next week all being well he has however chosen the military stories so yes this week, this week so, yeah. uh, all the military news has been handpicked by Armando. By someone who actually knows what they're talking yes. about, which is And he's, great he's even left us little footnotes as well. Oh, is he? Story, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not read the show notes again, Matt. Anyway, a big welcome then to everyone who has joined us on the 2nd of February. It's uh, just gone past 7pm. Uh, all the usual family members in the chat room, as always. It's good to see everyone in there. I'm just trying to see if we've got any, any new people in the chat room. Have we got any new people in the chat room? I, I, sorry, I, the show started now. I don't get time to look at the Just chat room. Just time to look at the chat room. <laughs> but welcome to <laughs> everyone. To Honestly, there's so many names in there. Um, every there time is. we do a Absolutely. show, uh, am I allowed? To, uh, am I allowed to say who's on the show next week now? Or have well, I wait till we later? do have a special announcement because <laughs> something very exciting is going to happen in between me and Matt here next yes, week. It's going to be here. A human. Yes. So what's going on, Matt? Uh, oh, nothing. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, we're actually being joined by a special guest in the studio, and he will be flying in specially from the States, to be fair. So he'll be arriving here Friday. Hopefully you're picking, you're picking him up from the train station. So as long as the trains don't let us down, uh, we will have a guest in the studio, and that will be none other than the lovely chap that is Stephen Ivey. So we're <gasps> very much looking forward to that next week. That's going to be good fun. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Stephen Ivey, everyone who Live watches here. and listens to the show here. will know Stephen Ivey uh, has, uh, has been a family member for ages now and uh, a really good uh, friend of the show, and he's going to be joining us here in the P2K studio. So we're looking Indeed. forward to that, Stephen. I know he's in the chat room tonight, isn't he? He is, yes. Indeed. As well. Mm, Absolutely. Brilliant. Looking forward to that. And, th- and then also po- a possible announcement for the week after, but uh, I'll talk to you guys mm. about that later. Yeah. <laughs> so how's your week been, Nev? All good? Yes, hectic. Um, lots going on. And tomorrow I'm off to Amsterdam for nearly a week, actually. I'm off until Friday of next week for our usual uh, annual exhibition thing for the AV industry. And hopefully meeting up with Masha at some point. Oh, lovely. Good. Looking forward to. Another Um, member of the family. uh, Yes, it'll be uh, the usual chilliness in Amsterdam. This is um, one of the last times we're going to be in Amsterdam for this exhibition, Mm. actually. We're there this year and next year. But the year after, we are in Barcelona. Oh, Um, Barcelona. That might be a little bit warmer. Okay. uh, But uh, no, I still have got very fond memories of Amsterdam and uh, like going there very much so any uh, any idea as to the reason there. for change or do they just want to sort of you know ring the changes well literally? they've outgrown the venue uh, the, wow. the, the rye uh, which is the the, the big uh, exhibition venue in the middle of or just the one mm. side of Amsterdam is absolutely enormous but it's actually not big enough for the uh, for the show so uh, they're moving it to Barcelona so uh, I mean in some respect that's a shame uh, but, isn't it um, you know you'd have thought that you know but uh, there we are it is actually, obviously Amsterdam is extremely central and you can get to Schiphol from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Barcelona, you can as well with some connecting connecting flights. But we'll see how that goes. But uh, well, yeah, really looking indeed. forward to uh, the Excellent. penultimate show in Amsterdam. And I'm taking all my video gear with me. I'm doing some uh, interviews and some bits and pieces yeah. over there. So uh, yeah. I'm glad I've got the uh, two times 32 kilos <laughs> BA allowance. <laughs> allowance. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, Nev, what you're doing is you're packing up um, Nevtech Studios. Uh, and putting it in a suitcase. That's essentially what's happening. A good summary. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Actually, going back to the weather chat we were having a moment ago, Tony's just, Tony S just said in the chat room there, it's a bit chilly up north, Nev. Yeah. Is, yes, it, will be. Yeah. It, it is. It's uh, Especially they've on the northeast coast where, where Tony is. That's uh, I think it's some... Some Scandinavian weather coming down as well. Mm. That's always a bit of a wind chill. Indeed. Northerly, northeasterly breeze. And of course, as we alluded to in our pre-show chat that we were having with our wonderful people in the, in the chat room here, of course, uh, Auntie Liz always has the trump card, doesn't she? Because it's very cold in Canada. But uh, where was yes. it? Was it um, um, who, who, were we, who was we, we doing the Fahrenheit chat with earlier? Who was that with? Hang on. Just oh, well, that was uh, t- uh, Thomas. Uh, was it Thomas Mandrake? Mandrake? Yes, absolutely. Um, yes. You, who, who currently and has the ultimate. To, said, yeah. <laughs> he says it got down to minus eight degrees Fahrenheit in Cincinnati yes. with a minus 25 degrees Fahrenheit wind chill, and we, uh, did, which did we, is minus 32 degrees Celsius. That's just that's that's a fright. So I, I think he wins uh, yeah. the, this week in regard yeah, minus thirty two so. Celsius. That's yeah. a mm. frightening number. That really is. I don't know. Uh, you know. I think I think we managed a minus 
five, wasn't it? I posted a, a picture on um, Instagram, didn't I? I managed a, a minus five uh, in, yes. in my coach uh, earlier. The, I think that was Thursday, actually. Mm. I was doing mm. swimming contracts, yeah. So I th- I, we, we failed again, us, us UK types. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, anyway. on, the, on the BA note, uh, as those of you know, we will be travelling off to various air shows uh, this year, one of which being the Dubai Air Show in November. And uh, I'm pleased to say, I'm proud to say that uh, thanks to Nev, we'll be travelling with BA. Oh, oh yes. Why thanks yes. to Nev? And we're going out there, it's in November this year, and we're going out on the, the Queen of the Skies. Oh, you're going out BA on the 744? Yep. 747400. Uh, really mm. looking forward to that. And uh, coming back on a 777. So, uh, yeah, that's really good. And we've got it all booked up. And uh, looking forward to that. I uh, haven't been to Dubai since 2006 for me. So, uh, looking wow. forward to returning there. And uh, so we'll have two full days at the show, lots yep. of interviews. Yeah. And the usual stuff that we're looking for. Yeah. Looking for, I cannot wait to see all the videos that you're going to bring back with you. I think, guys, to be <laughs> fair. So uh, yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, fun. Going to need loads of stuff. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be good. Uh, well, what is it? Is it mainly commercial then? At, it's at this pretty much all commercial. Yeah, is it? there's, yeah, there's okay. a little bit of military. The, a lot of the air show uh, is made up from military display. Okay. Um, um, uh, you know, different display. Um, well, they come circuit kind of things from around the, across okay, the globe. Yeah. Um, there are a few military aircraft on display, uh, uh-huh. static display. Quite but a lot of um, exec jets yes. and biz jets stuff, yes. isn't there? Yeah. But, yes. uh, bulk of the air show and is we made like, up of We like going on those very much. <laughs> We'd much rather fly out there on one, I dare say. But. I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm actually hoping this year that one thing I didn't nail when I was out there two years ago was to um, meet with the um, people at Boeing because they have a big stand there right. uh, at the show. And uh, you have to pre-book your, oh, you? your appointment with okay. Boeing before you right. go and see them. So I'm hoping because we're there for two days, uh, the air show will be mm. um, hopefully be to get something. to see those guys yeah, at Boeing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube or if you're watching back on YouTube, uh, just to say that obviously our green screen behind us today, the picture was sent to us by uh, Captain Rick Bell and uh, Carlos you know more about this aeroplane than I do what, what, what is it that we have behind us today well it's a, it's a beautiful B-17 flying yeah. fortress uh, we have one here in the UK actually at, um, at uh, Duxford which is this one here yeah. which is the Memphis Bell um, on this side but if you go the other side of the aircraft it's actually the Sally B oh I see I missed a trick there I should have probably had you on yeah, yeah one, one side but I think uh, well, we, I, we could have we could have photoshopped in uh, Rick Bell rather than Memphis Bell yeah, yeah, oh, I see, oh, you know see this is why you're good missed at this stuff Nev. yeah missed opportunity there you know when absolutely. they when they filmed the film uh, Memphis Bell many years ago when they filmed the awesome film. film awesome film <laughs> Memphis Bell I'm, I'm sure that most of the listeners have the seen uh, the Memphis Bell film in, apart from you Matt because yeah, you yeah, tend to miss out on all yeah, the um, iconic films yes, I'm right on um, Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, no, obviously, because there wasn't sort of 400 mm. uh, B-17s in flying uh, 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 in right. a particular time when the yeah. film was uh, done, uh, they had to use, obviously, what they had. So rather than have, um, you know, uh, one B-17 or perhaps two B-17s with the single name on, they put the different names on each side. So different shots, different views which were taken during the film from one side and then the other side would make it look like there was two different... 
Oh, aircraft oh, with two good. different names. Well, there we are. There's useful oh, trivia there. Absolutely, it's, it's a great film though. Yeah, and uh, when this picture was being taken, apparently Adam Spink was with him as well. I think. Uh, did, did I read that right? That was in the chat room earlier, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not used to having time to read the chat room. It's been really nice. The rather yeah. worrying thing is, apparently, according to Myla, that uh, standby in Copenhagen, Tony, a seagull tried to eat her dinner. What? That's outrageous. God. <laughs> the Copenhagen seagulls. Oh, right. Terrible. Yes. Mm. Actually, actually, you say that completely non-aviation related, other than the fact we're talking about seagulls. I, <laughs> I made the mistake of walking through uh, Yarmouth with a tray of chips uh, earlier in the week. That was a, a frightening experience. I've never been under attack in my so much in my life. It was horrendous. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. And on that note, should we, should we do some aviation? Yeah, let's stuff do some aviation. Yeah. So we are okay. going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I certainly am. And if you're ready, Nev. Fully ready, Captain. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story, it's on the independent.co.uk. And uh, it's an airline we've been talking about for a few weeks now, because uh, they've been having a spot of bother, and then Virgin obviously helped them out. But Flybe, the headline goes, uh, passengers angry as airline takes a new zero tolerance stance on hand baggage rules. So Flybe has angered passengers by taking a new zero tolerance to approach to its hand luggage policy, charging travellers who fall, uh, fall foul of these rules £54 per flight. Whatever that accounts to in, in uh, US dollars, I don't quite know. Uh, the beleaguered airline, which is in talks with uh, a consortium of airlines led by Virgin, uh, has uh, had its current baggage policy in place since 2016. But starting from the 17th of January this year, Flybe told uh, the Independent that it was taking steps to ensure that all baggage is now fully compliant using a zero-tolerance policy. Its allowance compares favourably with other budget airlines. Passengers are permitted two cabin bags, uh, measuring uh, up to 55 by 35 by 20 centimetres, and the other smaller bag that can fit under the seat in front of the combined one weight of items not exceeding 10 kilos. For comparison, EasyJet allows passengers just one bag, although it's a bigger at 56 by 45 by 25. Ryanair and Wizz Air only uh, let passengers take one bag, the size of a small rucksack on board, for free. However, passengers may, uh, may have been caught out by the fact that other airlines' cabin bag measurements are more generous. Uh, Ryanair's being 55 by 40 by 20 for the priority passengers, meaning that bags have been uh, admissible with rival carriers. And uh, passengers have complained since the change in stance, which has caught many off guard. Uh, Vicky Kalka, who flew from Birmingham to Belfast on Tuesday, the 29th of January, told uh, the Independent that staff went through the queue tagging larger bags, and those who had been tagged had to queue up to try and fit them into the bag sizer. Uh, so size of things, one of those things, the metal yeah, frames, like you see it, what um, you see at yeah, the uh, airports. All airports, yeah. And uh, she claims that more than 20 passengers on that flight that day were made to pay an oversized baggage fee of 
£54. Mm. Meanwhile, student Luke Baker was travelling from Newcastle to Exeter on Sunday the 27th of January uh, with his girlfriend when he was forced also to pay the fee. He said that we'd planned in advance to use the same bags as hand luggage that we always use, he said, and they had no other option but to cough up £54 each. Blow. Blimey. Uh, as students, they struggle with money, so this was very stressful for us, he said, but we had little choice. Uh, on the uh, story, there is actually a picture on here, and uh, it shows the, the actual little ca- the device which you put your bag into, which is pretty standard, I think, through all airlines have these at the uh, check-in desk to put your bag in. I've never been asked to use one of these, personally, when I've been travelling through um, the airports here in the UK. I, I have been with Ryanair. And your bag fitted? Uh, yes, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, no, it did. It did. Um, yeah. But then, then we've got. Sorry, I'm trying to find. The, I'm trying to find the picture you were talking about, Carlos. But I'm not having any any joy. Have I'm you ever afraid. been stopped and asked to put uh, your hand luggage bag into one of these oh, uh, one devices? Oh, Yeah, I see. Well, no, I normally leave that to my butler. So uh, I get involved in that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I, I I haven't actually. But also, could I just point out <clears throat> that on the Flyby uh, service, they operate a turboprop called the Dash 8, the, the Q400. And that is seriously limited in terms of baggage. So imagine if you were to, if you just come in from the US or something like that with lots of bags, and then you're taking a connecting flight to Edinburgh, for example, on the uh, on the Dash 8. Uh, with your hand luggage, you're going to be seriously disappointed if you're not careful, because there is not a lot of room on those aircraft for that kind I, of thing. I mean, so, I can't help noticing that that Samsonite case in that picture, Matt, looked, it, looked as if it was struggling yes, to get in there. Yes, I don't think there. that was good. Yes, that is going to fit, <laughs> is it? Uh, I, I mean, the, the only... Uh, I guess there will, people, there will be people reading this story saying that the only reason they're doing this is because they're in financial troubles and stuff. But at the mm. end of the day, if your bag doesn't fit in the holder, then it doesn't fit in the holder. Uh, therefore, you should be charged the overhead. If you haven't been bothered to do your research, I mean, unless they've, you know, done a Ryanair and essentially moved the goalpost just well, after everyone... there has put... been a bit of that, hasn't there? I think there, there's been a bit of... I don't know whether Fly B have done this themselves, but certainly there's regular changes of rules and regulations. And honestly, if you only fly once every two years or something yeah. like that, you're never going to keep up with it all. No. Um, so I think they've they've got to try and find some sort of middle ground somewhere. But obviously with the smaller aircraft, yeah, uh, hand luggage is a problem. Do you not love the passengers, though, who, who uh, are in the checking queue and you see them with the, the cases that will, will fit in here? But they're, because right. they've packed four and a half thousand yes. years worth of clothes, yeah, because they're going the, for a the, month. The bag yeah. is kind of bulging, and yeah. it won't. And it, they're sort yes. of shoehorning it in. To but, but, and try. also, the other thing that, that gets me is the amount of times when and I don't do a lot of flying. We know that, but the amount of times, that even with my limited knowledge slash experience, um, the amount of people who don't get out the clear plastic bags and stuff in readiness <laughs> yeah. to go through security <laughs> and stuff, uh, is it just me that finds that really, really infuriating? <laughs> Well, it is when you see all the signs up. You know, there's yeah, countless signs, yeah. and even little islands with tables and stuff yeah. where you can put your. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can imagine. But look at the last time I flew. Obviously, I flew with um, with Owen. You can imagine. I mm. mean, the it was like you know, it, it was that look of <laughs> if you hold me up at security, uh, I will never speak to you again. It was it was just like, <laughs> I suppose if you're going through security a lot, and I dare say, Nev, you'd be the same. You'd be horribly embarrassed if 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 I was to hold you up going through security because I haven't you know done my checks properly. <laughs> 
I'd just say I'm sorry. He's he's not with me. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) Which, funnily enough, is the same approach Owen had. Uh, So moving on to the uh, next story, Matt. Which, as always, for you is a fantastic. Ryanair story. Yeah, and uh, this, this, yes. now this the, we were talking about this. I think during during the week, weren't we? Uh, b- between ourselves, here is a slightly odd story. I think uh, anyway. Flight Global is the website, and the headline is Irish carrier Ryanair has taken full control, con- uh, full control. Sorry, of Austrian subsidiary Louder Motion, and outline plans to increase its units fleet to 30 Airbus aircraft for summer 2020. Uh, Ryanair in March 2018 agreed a plan to take a 75% stake in the Austrian carrier shortly after Niki Lauda controlled company uh, had successfully bid for the assets of collapsed Air Berlin unit. Is it Niki? Niki, yeah. Nikki? Uh, the Irish yes. carrier has today revealed that it completed the purchase of 100% of Lauda Motion from NL Holdings in late December. Lauda Motion will carry carry around 4 million passengers across its first year of operations, the 12 months ending 31st of March 2019, and Ryanair has today outlined plans to almost double its uh, to almost double this over the next 2 years. The carrier operated a fleet of 19 aircraft during the summer of 2018 and will increase this to 25 for the coming summer. The airline has also signed letters of intent with lessers to increase uh, its fleet to 30 aircraft for uh, for the summer of 2020. In contrast to all Boeing operator Ryanair, Laudamotion operates a fleet of Airbus narrowbodies and says all 30 aircraft will be Airbus models. Now this is the bit of the story that really confused me because it seems very odd that um, you know a company that who's basically all their experience is is with the Boeing uh, 737, isn't it? Their 737-800, I think, is more, almost exclusive mm. there in time. Mm apart from a couple of private jets um seems very odd that you'd sort of you'd sort of almost expect them to go back down the boeing route with any new purchases i think what the what the the case is is that the louder motion Mm. uh obviously has an all airbus fleet and and ryanair have obviously Uh they've brought the majority the the majority they're 100 percent owned by ryanair now the name will still stay. It will still be known as, as Loud Motion. Motion. It will okay. still be a, a separate entity to, to Ryanair, but I'm sure there will probably be some kind of um, intermingling with flights and stuff with, yeah. between the two airlines. Mm. But also, I just noted on the on the website that um, obviously they've got A320s uh, at the moment, seven of those, and they've got some also got some A321s as well, Nev, which you've uh, just been on. Mm. Um, but they're going to be yeah. phasing out the uh, A321s, uh, Louder Motion, and replacing them with uh, A320s. So they're going to downsize okay. slightly uh, from the 321s to the a three twenty. So it will be okay. uh, predominantly a, uh, A320 fleet. Uh, so, so, so they're aiming for sort of like like the the smaller the smaller end of the market, are they? Is that essentially well, the three twenty is roughly about the same size as the the seven three seven eight hundred? I think never. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah passenger yeah. wise, so it's kind of the same um, aircraft. But yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting to see how they kind of merge mm. together. Um, yeah, it also says in the article actually here that Louder Motion, Louder Motion operates from four bases and will double the number of aircraft based at Vienna to eight this summer, making the Austrian airport its largest base. The airline will deploy seven and uh, will deploy seven and three aircraft respectively this summer at the German airports of Dusseldorf and Stuttgart, and two at Spanish resort Parma. I mean, uh, you know, it's they've got quite a big. They've got twenty six hmm. 
destinations uh, loud emotion that they go to. Oh, right. sorry, 38, sorry. 38 destinations across Europe, um, which they have. And a lot of those, I'm just looking actually on their destinations list, a lot of those destinations that loud emotion fly to um, are already covered by Ryanair. Right. So, okay. um, but which seems a bit odd. Mm. That, that's the only, that's the only thing you sort of. I could understand it if it was flying into routes or locations, perhaps where where Ryanair don't fly. Um, but then maybe that maybe that's something that will be adjusted in in their sort of plan in the coming years, perhaps. Because um, mm. obviously at the moment they've only just taken it over, haven't they? So hundred percent. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That'd be uh, a dent in his pocket, wouldn't it, Mr. O'Leary? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. So moving on yes. to yes. Uh, the, the next yeah. story, uh, Nev, which is uh, is a very very prestigious BA story for you. It is. And uh, when BA are making a video or they're doing an advertising campaign, they tend not to do it by halves. And this is another classic example of a very nice job that they've done. And perhaps uh, Matt might want to uh, run the video here. It's on campaignlive.co.uk. And it says that British Airways is marking its 100th anniversary with its first brand campaign in six years. The ad, which has been created by Ogilvy UK, is a love letter to Britain with stars including Olivia Colman and Anthony Joshua travelling alongside people from all walks of life. According to the brand, its passengers represent modern Britain and its values such as creativity and open-mindedness. The idea of British identity may prove controversial as Brexit looms. Oh, why did they have to spoil it by <laughs> talking about that? Oh, but the film is a loving portrait of all the characteristics that make this country a special place. It was created by Andy Forrest and Nicola Wood and directed by Tom Tackholm through Park Pictures. And there's a whole list of credits underneath that, which I'm not going to read. Uh, but uh, as usual, uh, they've done a very nice job. OK, well, why, why don't we sit back for a moment then? Shall we, shall we enjoy it? That's probably the one, best one thing One thing to point out in this yeah. video... Uh, is the guy actually hand painting the hundred? Oh, really? Aircraft. Okay, yeah. all right. We'll, uh, so we'll, we'll show you that. Uh, so let, let, let's give it a whirl, shall we? Oh uh, no! All right, just just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. That that would have been a lot better if I'd remembered to turn on the audio, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we are. Never mind. Let's 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 try that again. Dear Britain. Dearest Britain. Dear old Britain. We love you. We love you. With all your different views on the world. And your different stories to tell. Maybe it's your big heart. Oh, maybe. Just see us good. Your sense of style. <laughs> your sense of adventure. The way you pick yourself up when things get tough. And dust yourself off. Sorry. BA100, you're clear for takeoff. How you follow your own path. How you tell it like it is. Politely, of course. You've led revolutions. Of all kinds. Yet you watch out about it. It's just not in your nature. Instead, you'll quietly make history. Pots. Building. Yorkshire pudding. Beds. Mm. Discoveries. Um, UK garage. Cake. Rabbit. Um, ideas. Honey. Love. 
and rather a lot of tea. We love you, Britain. You make us who we are. Nice. I know. Oh, Nev's all overcome with emotion. Look, it's all. It's all it's too early up there, guys. Oh, it's beautiful, up. wasn't it? Oh. Oh. Actually, all jokes aside, yeah. that's actually very nice. Do you know what? It's nice. It's nice to sort of enjoy the Britishness for a change. Do you know what I yeah. mean? I, sometimes I feel like we have to feel a bit embarrassed about being so British. Uh, so it's it's nice, uh, especially in uh, uncertain times. I won't say the word, Nev, so calm down. Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, what, what a nice little nod to the future. Actually, Tony S., did you see that, uh, Nev, in the chat room? Tony S. just yes. mentioned, did anyone? once? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't notice that, did you, Matt? No, what's the call that? call sign mistake. Did, funnily enough, dude, that, that really sounded like a certain air traffic controller we know and love who, who was uh, saying that. Oh, but. I wonder. Just an idea there. I doubt it. There we go. Yeah, actually, Auntie Liz has got an excellent point that she's just made in the chat room. It's like you know, uh, the the biggest you know supporter, if you like, of BA is a certain Sir Neville of Bounds, uh, and says, "Why on earth wasn't Nev in the commercial?" Which I think is an excellent oh, I was, point. I was I was busy that week. Doing when it, yeah. it. So, okay, I, I was it contractual issues? Was it? It was negotiations right, yeah. and fees. You know, it just, it just my, my agent wasn't prepared. They to, couldn't uh, afford you, Nev. That's what it was, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tony. Tony's actually put the answer in the chat room, Matt, just for you. Uh, oh, I see. Oh, right. BA's call sign. Okay, it's not is, BA. Hails it? back to the older uh, yeah. days, uh, and it's called it's Speedbird. Oh, okay. Um, but the guy on the on the video said BA, Did rather he? than saying Speedbird one hundred. He said BA one hundred. Okay, but uh, please don't <laughs> take this the wrong way as I say this out loud on an aviation related show, and we'll probably immediately. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, are you are you guys in this room the only, or you know, in this chat room and everything? Are you guys the only people who will know that? No, okay. everyone knows no, that. I, think, I mean, it's it's very well known that uh, uh, British Airways call sign is Speedbird. So uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, but um, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll gloss over it. We'll pretend. I, I'll, I'll, I'm yeah. going to sit here and wait for the abuse to arrive in the chat room <laughs> towards me now for that. But oh. uh, yeah, no, it's Never nice. I'm, I'm I'm really am hoping. I know we we're talking about it a few weeks back, Nev, but um, I hope they do. Uh, bring out the old um, liveries uh, on a few of the. I mean, obviously, they're bringing the BOAC one, but I hope they bring back some of that great Landor livery. Oh, we're going to see some Landor action. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And uh, yeah. I, for me, that's one of the, the nicest liveries oh, yes. I've ever had. Yes, I know. Uh, it's yeah. sitting on my desk cool beside where I, where I work at home. Oh, mm. you, you do work at home well yeah, occasionally <laughs> wow what's wrong with you uh, <laughs> so moving on to the next uh, are you, you're then. one of those people who works from home yes i work yeah. from home what, well, what, what squid after anyway. i finished the main job yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, the next story is on the eu.usatoday.com website and the headline is something that i think yeah we're glad to see i think all of us here a drunken WestJet passenger ordered to pay the airline twenty one thousand dollars goodness in fuel costs so mm. a british a british man oh dear whose drunken antics forced a january the fourth west jet let me guess was he banned from jet two already well yeah <laughs> They're flying so, from. Sorry, Liz. I'd like to apologise. <laughs> yes. Liz. On sorry, behalf of our. Uh, yes, yes. One of our citizens not playing the game. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. flying from Calgary to <laughs> London. Uh, they had to turn round, and he's now got to pay the airline a grand sum of 21260 
and uh, dollars and sixty eight cents to the airline to account for fuel costs. It's not enough, frankly. So. The uh, chap in question, David Stephen, who was 44, pleaded guilty to resisting arrest and not adhering to safety instructions. Mr Young was sentenced to one additional day of jail on each count, considering the seven days he spent in a material custody. Prosecutor Laurie Ebus told USA Today he was also ordered to pay WestJet the $21,260.68 in restitution as part of his sentence. The amount represents the cost to WestJet for the fuel relating to the having to return to Calgary International Airport. It was revealed in court that Young, who was battled alcoholism, drank approximately six alcoholic beverages prior to boarding the London-bound WestJet flight, according to the Independent and CBS News. Uh, WestJet uh, Airlines, uh, the uh, picture there, as you can see on Matt's got on the screen there, parked at Calgary, and Young repeatedly tried making his way to the bathroom, even when it wasn't safe to move around on the flight right after takeoff, a court document obtained uh, by the USA Today reveals. Initially, the accused begrudgingly returned to his seat, but again got up shortly afterwards and again tried to push his way into the locked lavatories, according to the document. He became aggressive with both flight attendants and other passengers, the court document states, and because the flight attendants and other passengers were left shaken and threatened by the accused's behaviour, being verbally aggressive as well, and swearing and shouting with fish clents, enough the flight crew chose to divert the flight. To land safely, the captain needed to dump around £20,000 of fuel per the court document, and Young apologised in a written statement saying he was sorry for the damage and inconvenience he caused his fellow passengers. WestJet losers, uh, losses in both fuel and passenger payments could reach more than $200,000, though the court judge in the case uh, said WestJet could seek this payment from a you uh, from Young through a civil case. Blimey, I think if someone went after me for £200,000, I'd... Um, Disappear. Well, um, yeah. no, it's. Uh, I mean, this is. Uh, I'd like to think you wouldn't be so stupid. Uh, no, that you I had to pay no. that kind of money. But this frankly. is uh, quite a um, fine, wouldn't you say, Nev, for this uh, particular well, incident? Uh, yes, it, obviously it's never enough. But this is one of the first times that we've seen some, you know, five-figure sums being meted out, and it's about time too. The cost of diversion and the cost of inconvenience to passengers, airline, uh, aircraft and crew being out of position is massive. And uh, I think it's about time that we saw some proper numbers associated with uh, the, 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 you know, the, the knock-on damage that this causes, let alone the actual incident itself, which, by the sounds of things, was pretty serious. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I'm glad to see there's some, um, there is a um, example being made of this gentleman. But we could do with seeing a bit more of it as as well. But uh, yeah, absolutely uh, appalling. Really, not not good enough. No, yeah, no, it is. But I mean, it is at least a step in the right direction. I perhaps perhaps the only crumb of comfort we can take take from that in the fact that they are beginning to take stuff like this really seriously. And uh, sort of siding on the on the sides of the air. I, I mean, the thing that's most awful about this story is like you know the the drunk thing is is one thing, but the fact that he was making uh, passengers and and crew that's the bit that makes me um, most angry. Making the crew feel threatened and uncomfortable uh, in an environment such as that. Uh, I, I you do worry about 
you know somebody's you know mental health frankly when it mm. comes to to, yeah. to behaving like that when you are so in so obviously in in an environment that is uh, you know has to be controlled for everybody's safety doesn't it there, there's there's no two, no two ways about now, it. Now, I'm guessing this fine was in Canadian dollars, being it was a WestJet uh, aircraft. So I was just looking at how much that cost. Well, it depends on where he was being prosecute, prosecuted. I would it? imagine never think it was probably Canadian dollars, I would think, being... Yes, I would in, imagine, because yeah. it's obviously it's a Canadian airline. Yeah. So, uh, right. yes. okay. so just a quick conversion for those of us here in the UK. That's £12,417. Right. Yeah, not enough. This, um, yeah. Not enough. It should have cost him a small house, frankly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so moving on to the next story, which uh, Matt is another wonderful low-cost carrier based here in the UK. Um, okay. And right. they're, they're having a, a few meal choice changes. Oh, are they? Mm. Oh, blimey. Okay. So we mentioned it briefly at uh, just just then uh, at the top of that last story, actually. Uh, this is to do with Jet, Jet 2. Uh, it's uh, veganfoodandliving.com, which is... Not the most expected location <laughs> to go for aviation-related <laughs> content, but anyway, so Jet2Int.com introduces vegan meal to its in-flight menu for the very first time. Uh, the UK's third largest airline has updated its onboard menu for 2019 to meet the growing demand from passengers looking for vegan options on board. With more people choosing to remove animal products from their diet, Jet2 has introduced the, war the warming and hearty Oh, <laughs> some pasta dish, which is Arabi now available Arabiata. to... <laughs> Peggy, pardon? Arabiata pasta. Yeah, okay, pen Arabiata. Apologies uh, to all <laughs> Italians <laughs> everywhere. Uh, Where's Jenny when you need her? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, which is now available to buy on board. Jet2.com has also added vegan, vegetarian and gluten-free logos to relevant products <laughs> to make the menu... <laughs> card easier for uh, to navigate for customers steve heapy who is the ceo of jet2.com said jet2.com and jet2 holiday customers constantly praise the extensive selection of food and drink on board our flights therefore we are looking at how we best keep up to date with current tastes and trends in line with our ethos of delivering a vip customer experience we are always looking at how we offer a great choice for our customers on board we have worked closely with with our food suppliers to source a meal that is not only a delicious choice for our vegan customers but also a great meal option for everyone on our flights we hope our customers will enjoy the latest additions something tells me that perhaps when Piers Morgan sees this story um, he may go off on one of his I infamous I have rants. to say the picture they show <laughs> on here of this particular dish I think I think it looks really nice I mean, it's, um, yeah. I, I'm not a vegan, but I just say it looks, it does look really nice. And I think in in today's market of uh, passengers, airlines have to be more um, more transparent. Yes, I think. and, I, I, and, and of course, I, I mean, I, I recall. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I was I recall a, a story that somebody was telling me about a flight that they've been on, um, where um, uh, th this particular individual uh, required a kosher meal, uh, and the kosher meal. Um, basically despite having been ordered during the um the booking process and everything was not put on the aircraft and there was literally uh, well, perhaps it wasn't kosher but anyway wh whichever one it was what every menu option that was available with this carrier uh basically the only thing they could have for the entire flight was a banana because it was the only thing mm. that that ticked to things so uh, you know uh, whatever your personal views are on on people on people's choice choice of being vegan or not 
um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it should be available for them to buy, shouldn't mm. it? I mean, yeah. it's it's. Uh, uh, I think I think it's yes. a step in the right um, direction. You know, I'm a bit of a stickler for media accuracy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I hadn't noticed that. Well, it's, it's all about Jet 2, isn't it? And we, yes. we Jet 2 operates the 737-800, 757. Exactly. And right at the top of the story, there's a lovely picture of an A350. 50, yeah. Right. Okay. There you go. Putting it, putting it up now. There we are. That, that's that's, <laughs> that's the breaking news now for next week. They're buying new A350s. But oh, anyway, okay. we shouldn't tell everyone. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So moving on to... I mean, in their defence, it doesn't have Jet 2 written on it. Um... No, I, I do hate it when I use file pictures like that. But the, well, well, the next story is I much think better. what we should do immediately is write to the Vegan Health Times or whoever it was that we got that story from and, you know, show them the error of their ways, Nev. What do you reckon? But Well, I suppose we could do, but actually it is a food story, I suppose, yeah. uh, rather than aviation one. Yes, but, I guess you know, so. guys, Best come thing. on, let, let's have the aircraft right, yeah. please. Well... Moving on to another story which has got the correct aircraft picture in it. Has Nev, it? this is a BA one. Yes. It's on the businesstraveller.com and, um, of course, with the uh, Trent 1000 difficulties, uh, BA have been using the Air Belgium service to Dubai, actually, uh, mm. recently. I wonder if we'll end up on that, but um, probably not because we were booked on a 747. But uh, having said that, between April the 1st and June the 8th, BA will subcontract one of its New York services to Air Belgium. And this move is to allow for continuing precautionary inspections to be carried out on the Rolls-Royce Trent 1000 engines on some of BA's Boeing 787-9 aircraft. The flight in question is one of BA's daily services operating between London Heathrow and New York, Newark. Uh, flight details with Air Belgium's A340 are already displayed on BA.com. Outbound services BA185 departing Heathrow at 10.50 and arriving into Newark at 13.40. The return service BA184 departing Newark at 18.05 and arriving into Heathrow the following morning at 06.15. And uh, BA has posted some information about Air Belgium on its website. Main point to bear in mind is that uh, Air Belgium's uh, A340 is configured uh, two class, so there is no first class and no premium economy cabin. Economy class tariffs do, however, have a more uh, economical hand baggage only option. Uh, more travellers will get to experience the Air Belgium product now that it's been used on a more popular long-haul route. Uh, until now, BA has been using Air Belgium for flights linking London with Abu Dhabi, Cairo and Dubai. Air Belgium was initially intended to operate its own flights between Brussels and Hong Kong, but the service lasts only a few months, probably because of competition from carriers operating outside of the main Brussels airport. Since then, the airline has been operating services for other carriers, such as BA and Air France. Uh, more information on the airline's business class product are detailed in one of the, the previous reports where Air Belgium launched its Hong Kong route. Now, looking at a fleet size, that is on... only four, yeah. only four uh, yes. aircraft in the fleet. 
Uh, oh, mind seeing uh, them some subcontracting the uh, the high fly uh, A380 yes. would be nice. Mm, that would, wouldn't instead. it? Yeah, definitely. But, so perhaps that's being utilised elsewhere at the moment. Might well be very busy, mightn't yeah. it? It's also uh, a point to notice yeah. as well, Nev, that they uh, Air Belgium use the as Captain Nick would say the hairdryer powered version of the A340. Yes, the Dash 300. So uh, it's not exactly a very high performance machine, is it? No. Apparently. Uh, I must say this Trent 1000 issue, though, I'm surprised at how long it's going on for. You would have thought that uh, this would be some kind of major top priority, given the amount well, of people inconvenienced. Well, I would imagine that Rolls-Royce have a problem that they are producing new engines, uh, but also they have to, they've have they got a backlog of dealing with people's previous mm. uh, issues as well. So they're trying to do two lots of things at once there and uh, I can only imagine the difficulty that it's causing them. But I think this is going to go on for another, well it looks like another six months isn't it, at least according to yeah. uh, what they're talking about here. Yeah, it's just I, I don't know, I mean I, I'm just very worried that you know the longer this goes on, you know, the, the risk to, to uh, Rolls-Royce as an engine producer does, does make you a little nervous. Um, I think that the, when you're t- have a new engine or newish engine yeah. um there's always issues uh because obviously you don't know i mean you you, you do obviously it's certification and testing, testing what have and stuff, you. Yeah. But, you, but you don't know how it's really going to perform in in the real world and certainly the uh, the 747 had some engine issues very early on in its life as well so although this is you know pretty hard going for uh, the company uh, they will get through this and obviously they're having to take a bit of a hit on profitability, I would imagine. But uh, mm. having said that, the Trent 1000 is a very good motor by the sounds of things. And uh, once they get once over this problem, this, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think uh, they'll be good to go. Well, let's let's hope they get they get to the bottom of it sort of pretty quick. Then really, it's just so talking about A380s. The next story on the ArabianBusiness.com website. And uh, this story is about one of the largest operators, or the largest operator of the A380, and this is Emirates, and they're signing a code-share deal with China's largest airline. Blimey, that is going to be huge. Mm. So, partnership deal with China Southern Airlines will add eight new destinations to Emirates' global network. Uh, Emirates and China Southern Airlines have signed a Memorandum of Understanding to progress a comprehensive co-share agreement, which is set to open up new destinations for passengers travelling between China and the Middle East and Africa. The partnership uh, with the uh, Changyu Zhao-based carrier, I'll probably pronounce that really badly, uh, also allows Emirates passengers to enjoy seamless connectivity on domestic flights within China, adding eight new destinations to its global network. The Chinese cities covered by the code share agreements, which include Fuzhou, uh, oh, blam, I should have given you this story, Matt. Oh, thanks. Uh, Chongqing, <laughs> Kunming, Qingdao, Yemen, Chengdu, Nanjing, and Yang during the initial phase, yeah, nailed it, of the <laughs> partnership subject which is necessary for government approvals. With the UAE's visa-free policy for Chinese visitors, passengers can also enjoy stopovers in Dubai, a statement has also said. Uh, they said in a statement that they were pleased to establish a partnership with China Southern Airlines, allowing Emirates customers to benefit from increased choices of flexibility and ease of connection to different cities across China's provinces and by connecting uh, the uh, Chengzhou the addition of the eight domestic routes in the initial stage expands our reach in China beyond the three Chinese hub cities of Beijing, Shanghai, and Jiangsu, 
uh, said Adam Kanzim, Emirates Divisional Senior Vice President of Strategic Planning, Revenue, Optimization, and Aeropolitical Affairs. Blimey, he's got a huge title. Yeah, that, yes, that, imagine that, his office door. Yeah, well, I was just say, imagine the size of his business card. I know. Nice. Blimey. <laughs> That'd be a big job for Vistaprint. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Today's signing is especially monumental for Emirates as it represents the first co-chair agreement between Emirates and a China-based airline. It's also the largest airline in China by passenger numbers, so they're excited by the prospects of the agreement uh, of which it brings, added Kazim. Strengthening cooperation is the long-term strategy of China Southern, said Han Wengshang, Chief Operating Officer of China Southern Air Holding Company, and Emirates is our first bi-directional partner in the Middle East, and we are very pleased to enter a co-chair partnership with Emirates. It signifies a key step for China Southern in the process of building new international partnerships, he said. And Emirates currently has co-chair agreements in place with 23 partners around the world. So it's safe to say that Emirates have got rather a large grasp now of pretty much everywhere yeah. around the world. Yeah. Um, so that's that's fairly that's fairly good news. I've not actually um, not flown with China Southern before, but uh, they're flying over over here quite a lot actually, Matt. Oh, do they? You've seen on flight radar, yeah, they come over here normally on Sunday evening. Oh, right, at about eight <laughs> o'clock. But um, good news for them. So moving on to yep. the next story, and uh, this is an A three eighty story and a bit worrying. I yeah, would say. indeed. So this is. Um, Involving again, same airline here. We're talking about Emirates. This is on the CNBC uh, website, and the headline is A380 Future in Doubt as Airbus meets with Emirates. Uh, the European plane maker Airbus has dropped a heavy hint that it may end its A380 Super Jumbo program. Airbus Ooh. confirms it is in discussions with Emirates Airline in relation to its A380 contract, the manufacturer said in a short statement to the Stock Exchange on Thursday. Commercial discussions with the customers remain confidential, Airbus also added. Uh, the, in January 2018, the Middle Eastern airline threw the, A3, the A380 and a lifeline by agreeing to buy up to 36 more planes. At the time, then sales chief for Airbus, John Leahy, admitted that if no deal was possible, then there would be no choice but to shut down the programme. Fast forward to the beginning of 2019, and Airbus's order backlog for the A380 stands at 87 aircraft, with 53 of those lined up for Emirates alone. Many of that total are only considered tentative orders. Emirates' latest A380 order is also shrouded in doubt due to incomplete negotiations with UK engineer Rolls-Royce over the production of more engines. Uh, Airbus and Emirates were not immediately available when contacted by CNBC for comment. In a note released Thursday, Sandy Morris, an aviation equity analysis at Jefferies, said Airbus's statement to the market looked ominous for the world's largest commercial airliner. If a significant portion of the Emirates order is cancelled, we believe the A380 programme must end, he added. Morris noted that Emirates' commitment to the aircraft was largely based on its ability to transport large numbers of passengers through the bottleneck of Dubai International Airport. However, the United Arab, Arab Emirates is in the process of building a new huge airport designed to allay that capacity squeeze and expects it to be opening and operational by 2024. Speaking to reporters at an event in London on Friday, the chief executive of British Airways parent IAG 
Willie Walsh said he remained happy with owning the A380, but if Airbus wanted to sell more, they're going to have to be very aggressive on price. Jeffries mm. estimated that ending the loss-making A380 program at its current stage would save Airbus as much as 300 million euros. That's $344 million per, per annum. Uh, while that is not deemed a huge benefit, Jeffries noted it would free capacity for Airbus to focus on its more popular A320 and A350 models. Shares of Airbus and Rolls-Royce Rolls both rose Friday following the suggestion that the A380 programme would end. Hmm. When you think how long um, this aircraft has been obviously in service, you know, first flew uh, under Singapore Airlines livery back in 2007, you know, we're only in 2019 now. Yeah. You know, it's it's not an old aircraft at all. No, it isn't. By and as stretch. we've said before in past episodes, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a few of these have already been uh, parked up and parted out, yeah. you know, for... Um, but the, well, a lot of that I think is perhaps to do with uh, environmental concerns yeah, because it's yeah. a, a thirsty beast. Uh, um, I don't know quite how that works, you know, like sort of carbon footprint per head, um, given how many more more people you can get on the A380 over over that. But uh, I mean, it is. I mean, it is pretty clear that basically Airbus's biggest and almost only customer, I think, now for the A380 is Emirates, isn't it? Because uh, I don't yeah. think... Um, uh, am I right, Nev? I don't think that BA have bought many recently. I know they do have some, don't they? But... No, they they have some. Um, I think what's happened here is that um, the ultra-long-range stuff yeah. can be done by an A350 or a Boeing 787. Yeah. Uh, and the ETOPS procedures that these aircraft use, they've become so reliable for t twin engine operations over vast areas of ocean. Um, then uh, four engine aircraft, whether it's the uh, A340-600 or the A380, um, it's four engines, so they're using a lot more fuel, obviously. And, okay, if fuel was cheap, and I know that they do hedge uh, their, their fuel, so they, they might have bought it a year ago, possibly. Um, but uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that the, the A380 promised so much, but actually uh, very quickly got overtaken by this new generation of very fuel-efficient uh, twin engine. Uh, aircraft, both from Boeing and from Airbus themselves. Mm. It'll be sad to see if they do stop the program. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon, but you know, we'll just have to wait, wait and see what's going to happen. I think with uh, the 380. Mm. So moving on to the next story, and uh, specially chosen just oh, for you, yes, yes, Mr. Yes. Bow. Thank you very much, Carlos. I'll take it did, all did, back, all did, the things did, I've said to you. Did I, did I just see that there's the mention of the word Apple in one of our stories here, Nev? What's going on? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm probably going to regret this, this, this but is, carry on, Nev. Yeah. This is, I'm going to be milking this big time, as you can imagine. <laughs> but, uh, this is, yep. This is on TheVerge.com, not a website that I frequent, I have to say. Oh, I but, have to uh, confess, I'm very familiar with it for tech and science-y type stuff. Ah, right, maybe yeah. I should be better educated. Then. Yeah, but, it's a, no, it's a good, it's a it good says. Well, it's worth a read, actually. It's, it's a very interesting, uh, I think it's a yeah. very interesting uh, website, actually. I read it quite a lot. Well, let's have a look. And it says that Apple announced uh, on uh, January the 30th that it's partnering with American Airlines to provide Apple Music subscribers access to the streaming app on flights. 
without having to pay for in-flight Wi-Fi. Ooh. Apple Music customers can access their music on any American Airlines domestic flight that's equipped with Viasat satellite uh, Wi-Fi starting on February the 1st. Uh, it's the first time Apple Music has partnered with an airline. Subscribers will be able to stream on any device with which they use Apple Music, including PCs, iPhones, iPad, Android devices. Yes, you heard that correctly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Macs. Although it's a convenient perk for Apple Music customers, the bigger picture is that it's a zero rating service that undermines competition and net neutrality principles. Uh, offering free data for specific apps like Apple Music is the same controversial strategy that several states like California have banned in the past. And it's no different from carriers offering sponsored data to third party providers. Onboard Wi-Fi is still a developing technology and Apple offering zero rated services gives it an early edge over competitors like Spotify and is that Tidal or Tidal? It's pronounced. It's not, um, it's not well, what I've heard of. I have to be honest. No, but this has happened again, hasn't it? So we we suddenly we get into this, you know, facility that's being offered, and then uh, in the same breath we're going, "Oh, actually, we've got a bit of a problem here because there's a uh, a competition and net neutrality uh, thing going on." So uh, that's 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 something for the lawyers to work out. I would suggest. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, having said that, I, I am I am familiar with several uh, uh, providers, um, mobile phone operators, as I use as an example. Uh, I know, for example, uh, with uh, despite me being an Apple customer on EE uh, here in the UK, uh, I do ironically get uh, I don't get uh, any charges for using Spotify uh, with streaming. Uh, if you see what I mean, that doesn't go against my my data package, if you like, when I'm doing it. So I mean, certainly in the UK here, there is there are several models for for you know not link ups. I don't know quite what the term is that I'm looking for, but you know, sort of like a carriage deals perhaps is 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 a better thing for using a music service. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's this is instead of perhaps the on the online offering or, or, or the onboard offering, I should say, uh, as part of their IFE, because I know a lot of uh, the IFE systems do have like music channels and things, or, or you know radio stations if you like built into their 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 system for you to listen to. So uh, I'm not saying anything. No, okay. Yeah, but no, but <laughs> it, 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 all right. I have a list of things to take, say, yeah, but no, I'm not going to no, say. Take take the Apple out of the equation, <laughs> and let's say let's use the word Spotify. All right, that's yeah, a yeah. fairly neutral platform. Yeah. It's one that it you is. and I have both used. Um, you know, if if you take the Apple out of it, would you be more likely to? I mean, is that the same issue? Is it, are people only making a fuss because it's Apple? Uh, with this sort of exclusive carriage deal with American Airlines, is that is that why people are getting, you know, getting concerned about it because it's a monopoly? You know, I mean, if if the same deal was done, say, with Spotify instead, would people be saying the same thing? Okay, mm. good silence. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, yes, and, and of course, if you think about it, this is all quite new, isn't it? Because yeah, it is. Um, this this problem just didn't exist before and now you're into i mean do you remember when itunes first mm. started and there was all sorts of trouble with uh the beatles and, and various um mm. 
Mm. bands that wouldn't put their stuff on iTunes because they had some contractual mm. arguments with Apple and all sorts of things. And this this just tends to go on and on and on when there's a new platform or a new way of listening to something. I mean, I've got to say straight out of the box, this sounds like a superb idea, but clearly there's there's some legal stuff to deal with, uh, especially in, in certain states. Um, so... Well, I'll keep a keep a good keen eye on this because mm. this does does sound like the, the way forward to me. But uh, um, yeah, they've they've got some some paperwork to uh, yeah to work out. Yeah, they've got they've got some details to to iron out here. But it's it's an interesting story, I think. And again, it, it is. I think this is where a lot of this is all going, isn't it? Where they're moving away, perhaps from having in in flight entertainment IFE systems installed on board and just having decent data carriage systems that are that you know it me because everybody's got their tablet with them usually haven't they i mean you know all you need is a usb port and you can keep the thing chapter why why have all that they're carrying the tablet anyway why add the additional weight of an ife system when everybody's got a way of watching stuff i'd much rather use my own personal tablet than i would um you know like an onboard thing as because uh, i think is it De uh who did i fly that was american wasn't it and, and you can actually you could stream all of what they on the on the uh uh, seven six that I was no not the seven six what was seven, the one five. the seven five thank you <laughs> sorry the seven five that's the one that was trying to kill me wasn't it yes. yeah uh, the seven five but that had a Wi-Fi system and as long as you the only thing was you had to have downloaded the app onto your device before you got on the plane uh, because you couldn't do it when you were in the air but you could then stream uh, stuff straight off their IFE onto your laptop or tablet without having to use the 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 equipment on board. Just reading the comments in the chat room. They're all very impressed with the green screen, Matt. You'll be pleased to know. Yeah, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick. Nick isn't impressed with, with our cameras, though. It's lovely, sharp, lovely sh sharp green screen behind yes. us. And, uh, yes, we're, we're working on the uh, high-definition cameras. That's, that's one of our projects yeah. for this year. But, uh, well, yes. We can never do enough for that. I know. We try so hard. But he's chucking stones at us. Oh, I know. Geez. I know. But to be fair, if you know, it is... It is uh, Captain Nick at the end of the day, so he can throw as many stones at us as he likes. That's, Fair point. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll take on your co we'll take on your comments and and uh, you know speed up the process. How does that sound? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay. Nick. <laughs> so, Flight Global is the source of the next story. FlightGlobal.com, awesome site we all love. And um, this is a story all about an aircraft that Nev recently flew on, actually. And the headline is American ads, uh, latest ad. To, or latest airline to add the A321neo to the fleet. Mm. So American Airlines nice. has taken delivery of its first Air, uh, Airbus A321neo, making it the latest US carrier to add the re-engine narrowbody to its fleet. Airbus handed over the aircraft, MSN8647, to the Fort Worth, Texas-based carrier in Hamburg this week. The airframer says it's equipped... Uh, CFM International Leap 1A engines, and which will make it obviously very, very fuel efficient. And American is the fifth US carrier to take delivery of an A320neo uh, family aircraft. Uh, before that, Alaska Airlines have taken theirs, Frontier, Hawaiian Airlines, and Spirit Airlines as well. So uh, American has uh, firm orders for 100 A321neos with 17 due in this year. Fleet's analyzer uh, shows that uh, American's latest fleet plan 
shows these details. The mainline carrier had planned to take 22 A320neos this year, but deferred five aircraft in mid-2018, citing a weak revenue environment. American will use the A321neos, which it configured with 196 seats, to replace the aging, oh, that's a shame, the aging, but very fantastically, awesome Boeing 757-200s and the MD-80s in its fleet. It plans to remove 10 of the 757s and its last 30 of the MD-80s in 2019. All of American's A321neo orders are for the standard variant, however it seems uh, seen as a likely candidate to convert some aircraft to the longer range A321LR. Airbus has positioned uh, the LR variant as a replacement for the 757 in some longer markets, including transatlantic markets. The airline will have 24 757-200s left in its fleet at the end of 2019, its fleet plan shows. American will ferry its first A321neo to Pittsburgh for post-delivery modifications and familiarization before entry into service later this year. And I have to say, it's not going to replace the 757-200 because that is just an iconic aircraft, in my view. Nev, what do you think? Well, anything with 757 oh, in yes. front of it, I have mm, no yeah. interest in whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Nev, you, Nev, you had yeah, good things to say about this aircraft, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And uh, when did I go? Yes, that was Edinburgh uh, week before last. And that was on the same aircraft in both directions. So they only had one... I think they only had one of the uh, A321neos at the time. They've had a second one delivered this week, I believe. Um, but uh, no, lovely aircraft, especially in the cruise. It is so quiet. Um, but uh, a fantastic triple uh, seven sound on takeoff, I've got to say, mm. as I mentioned last week. But uh, no, in, in the cruise, it's absolutely lovely aircraft. Now, uh, I think for, for medium haul stuff, yep. Nice, not a problem with that at all. I'm just wondering about these sorts of aircraft, though, on the on the longer routes. So the uh, the A321 LRs and, and and that sort of stuff. Um, so I've never done uh, a long haul on a single aisle airliner mm. before. Um, so uh, maybe I should do that one of these days, just just, just to see. Well, perhaps one of those uh, seven three seven maxes or something like that. Compare but, and um, contrast, as yeah. they say. Compare yeah. and contrast. Yes, yeah. exactly. So exactly. moving on, uh, I was going to say moving on to next up, Nev. I think you should take the next story. I was going to say, just... do you know what? I was looking, I was looking at that story and thinking, why have I got yeah. this one? It's 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 Nev's favourite airline. I th yeah, I definitely <laughs> think Nev that you should take this next story because the last story is uh, a bit of a windy one. Matt. Oh, yes, it yeah. is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it anymore. I want to do this one now. <laughs> uh, are you thinking about the um, the tornado one? Mm. The um, yeah, the last that one. one yes. Yeah, for, for Matt. Yes, yeah. that's on uh, the uh, Avweb uh, website, and um, it says that a tornado ripped through the airport. Uh, at uh, Antalya in Turkey on Saturday, injuring 12 people and causing millions of dollars in damage as it marched down a line of airliners parked on the ramp. None of the injuries are considered life-threatening, but the wind knocked over buses and service vehicles what? on the ramp and pushed equipment into the airliners. Large pieces of debris also struck the planes 
and the terminal building. Uh, officials said that three buses and several pieces of ground equipment were toppled. The twister was one of one of as many as five that touched down, uh, which were uh, the airport was just recovering from a tornado and a major storm that hit the region on Thursday. And the same storm brought heavy rain to the coast and snow to the mountains of the Balkan region and Turkey. So there's some been exceptional uh, weather going on there. Um, but of course, yes, and the da damage associated with it as well. I don't know whether you've been bringing up some uh, some pictures there, Matt. But, yeah, we're, uh, we're yeah, running the video at the moment. Yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I must admit, I do you know I've never really seen a twister in that sort of. It's quite scary. One, one of my friends is one of these storm chasers, um, and um, he goes out to the states every year, literally to to chase storms. Um, but I, it's. Um, it's it's frightening it's stuff. Pretty isn't frightening. It? I mean, yeah. I, and some of the damage that was caused by the storm. There's um, there is there are some pictures on the story, and I, I don't yeah. know if they show them on the video or not. But there was some quite bad damage to some of the yeah. aircraft that were um, were here. Um, I think there was one of those uh, which is in oh, this story. Okay. Hang on, look, here, here comes a column cut, literally working its way across the uh, yeah. the airfield. There, look, I mean, it's it's shifting the uh, shifting the airplanes around like like they're they're Meccano toys, isn't it? It's uh, the power of Mother Nature is uh, not something I think we'll ever truly understand, is it? Yeah, there's um, there's some quite interesting pictures. Actually, if you if you Google uh, the tornado in Turkey, you'll see the mm. pictures. Some of these aircraft were really quite badly damaged, um, with pieces of debris mm. and, and various pieces of airport equipment sort of smashing into them and stuff. But uh, you can probably see if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see that seven three seven there just being whipped and, around like and, a like yeah. A... <laughs> it's amazing, honestly. The power. Yeah. Of, the power of wind. I tell you what, I'm I'm just really glad we don't live in a part of the world where where that's a thing. Do you know? <laughs> it's you know, I mean, we we get the odd one here and there, don't we? But you know, they just lift up a you know a wheelie bin and <laughs> yeah. sort of throw them somewhere. Throw I the mean, rubbish across uh, the street. You yeah. know, we don't get as, as Carlos has said frequently on the show. Un, unlike you know Toronto and and large parts of the states, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, we don't get snow here in the UK. We get snow. Snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's it really is one of those weird stories. Anyway, we'll move on to the final story uh, in this week's uh, commercial news. This is on the Express Tribune this is website. Good news for, for Nevs airline. Yeah, absolutely. Nevs' favourite mm. airline, British Airways, to begin operations in Pakistan from June. So, is uh, the British Airways has announced commercially uh, has announced commencing flight operations in Pakistan from June, as three flights will fly from Islamabad to London each week. A delegation of the British Embassy, along with the officials of the British Airways, uh, met. Special Assistant to Prime Minister for Overseas, Pakistanis and Human Resource Development, Zulfikar Bukhari, and exchange views on matters of mutual interest. The airline offers... Uh, the, the airline official thanked uh, Bukhari for cooperation and also praised the facilities available at the Islamabad airport. Uh, the British delegation said the Islamabad airport is counted as one of the few good airports in the region on account of its design. Meanwhile, uh, Bukhari said uh, commencement of British Airways flights will help boost tourism in Pakistan and pressed on the need to promote 
the country's positive image to the world. The British Airways, the uh, I like this is obviously a really bad translation as well because it says the British Airways can play an important role uh, in promoting tourism uh, in the country, said the PM's special assistant. I think Ned, from now on, we should always refer to them not as BA but as the British Airways. That's a good. It? it is like absolutely. Sound. It's very formal. It's a very formal way of uh, talking about a fabulous airline. Let's be honest. So it's uh, yes. There we are. So that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's going to be some flights. Uh, uh, was it three times? Was it uh, three times a week? Did they say? Uh, I've forgotten now already. Uh, yes. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Pakistan. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, well, it's a big news, market. It? It's a very big mm. market indeed. It is. Um, yeah. And I'll just look actually looking up. To uh, to see quite exactly how much the uh, flights uh, are. Just to, I don't, you know, I'm a bit being a bit picky today about um, <laughs> pictures and media accuracy. I don't think the aircraft they're showing there is going to get to Islamabad very easily. No, it might have <laughs> okay. it might have fuel issues. <laughs> right. Okay. Unless yeah. it's an, unless it's an LR <laughs> stop halfway. Right. Is, well, is this well, is this the... I don't think they are. Is this the aircraft we're talking about? Is that yeah, right? Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. Is it not big enough then? Not really. No, I've been a short three sixty, frankly. But uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. No, but Nev, if you want to, if you want to take yourselves over there, Nev, on this flight, uh, will cost you around about eight hundred ninety-six quid. Oof, blimey! Return. Oh. oh, what in in business? Excellent. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me to look yes. at the uh, economy. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yes, I am sorry, Nev. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to uh, obviously add another three or four zeros. Zeros, absolutely. Um, actually, yeah, it's, it's just over three grand, Nev, oh. in, uh, in business. Ooh. They're not doing a first, apparently, according to the website. Right. Yeah. That yeah. Maybe they are using that small plane then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, dear. Great. Anyway, so that brings the commercial news segment to a close. Yeah. But... Coming up next on the show, we have got uh, a very special segment which has been sent in to us uh, by uh, one of our listeners, Ray Davis. And uh, it's, it's regarding a certain uh, L39 Albatross jet. So uh, if you're ready, Matt, you yeah, can uh, yeah, run VT. So because this is mainly a visual uh, video, what uh, Carlos is just going to do is tell us a little bit more about the aircraft that we're talking about. So what is it we're looking at in the video here, Carlos? So we're looking at the Aero L39 Albatross. Oh, hang, on, hang on, bit of silence there. Bit please. of silence. Pray silence for the noise. Right. Quick wave to the husband as they take the photo, it says in the, in the video. So this, agile, uh, isn't it? I know, around on the on the tarmac. It's a good bit of kit. This is a high performance jet trainer. Uh, this was developed in Czechoslovakia by Aero Vodoci. It was designed during the 1960s as a replacement for the Aero L29 Delphin. 
The L39 Albatross has the distinction of being the first of the second generation jet trainers to be produced, as well as being the trainer aircraft to be equipped with a turbofan power plant. Wow, I, I tell you what, it's really agile. As I say, the video that we're watching here, it's its literally throwing itself around. I, I know fighter planes in general are, are pretty good at this, aren't they? So first flew, uh, 4th of November 1968. Obviously that's a propeller-driven aircraft. You can right. hear there, that's not the uh, <laughs> that's not L39. Okay, carry on. Uh, primary <laughs> users of the L-39 Albatross are the Soviet Air Force, uh, the Czechoslovak Air Force, Libyan Air Force and the Syrian Air Force. There was uh, just under 3,000 of these jets produced uh, between 1971 and 1996. I love that sound. It's a proper beast, isn't it? Sounds a bit like the old Rolls-Royce Spey engines, Nev. You yeah, remember those the, uh, from years ago? The AC-111, yeah. yes, exactly, <laughs> yes. Oh. So the Albatross is the world's most widely used jet trainer. In addition to performing basic and advanced pilot training, it's also flown combat missions in a light attack role. But the design never received a NATO reporting name. Okay. What, what's a what's a reporting name? What's it's that? like um, you know they call the the Russian bears the bombers. They call oh, the bears I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's various. Um, it's like a like a sort of like a code name. Like a code name. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. But a great bit of video there. So thanks yeah. to Ray Davis for sending that. Yeah, he in. edited that all himself. You know, he done well. I know. Indeed, it's, uh, it says the Aero L thirty nine. Indeed, nice colour as well. I do like that colour, that paint job. Yeah. He's even got his copyright notice on the video. Look, just so that he does. He's good. Isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely, Nev. That sounds like something you do. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah, it's very nice. He's done a nice job there. Thanks, yeah. thanks Ray, for doing that. Yeah, uh, definitely. Thank you. Very nice indeed, and uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So we love stuff like that here at P2K. So if you are listening to the show and uh, you've got uh, your, your handy mm -hmm. smartphone with you, you yeah, can uh, do some video and send it in to us and Matt can uh, put it together and, and put it on the show. We'd Indeed. love to see that yeah, yeah. of some aviation greatness. Anyway, we've got uh, the military coming up very shortly, but we will be back in about three and a half minutes after these short messages. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. TheVoicesInYourHead.com The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website. 
www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Fly B5823, Trent Dane for 23 hour Manchester. Wizz Air 6X, Client Flight Level 210, direct to Brooklyn's Park. United 123, maintain 280 knots. Turn right onto Bravo Link. Do one join Alpha Hold at Mora. Speedbird 472, LOC slash DME. Approach runway 27 left. Follow the green stand 544. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. So we came up with the idea of having a video course. Obviously ours are are better because we've got the experience on the aircraft and we know what we need to be looking at. Something that myself and Andy started initially really to improve our own technical knowledge and put something out there. We saw that there was a gap and this wasn't a media that was being used for this purpose and our hunch was right because there's obviously a market for it. ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737-800 flight simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. I love that bit. But we did fly our dreams. We d- I can't believe that was over a year ago I know. now. That was a bit, bit weird. Actually, we were down with you, weren't we, Nev? I think when we saw him, that, that was actually coming up on the... Yes, that's right. It was, wasn't it? it was, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, just over a year ago, because it was the uh, the two hundredth. Uh, the two yeah. hundredth show, wasn't it? My goodness me, how time flies! How time mm-hmm. flies when yeah. you're having fun. So, moving on yes. to the next part of the show for uh, all the military fans, it's uh, the military segment. Which uh, again, this week, even though he's not here with us this week, yep. he has uh, handpicked all the stories. So, thanks to Armando for that. So, everyone, everyone is ready. Yes, I certainly am. Yes, let's no. go. point out that during the break Matt asked me to go downstairs and get some <laughs> ginger beer and this must have about six tons of root ginger yeah, yeah. in because it keeps <clears> making us cough. it's stripped my throat of um I played the ads because I thought it would give us a perfect opportunity to go and get <clears> drinks <throat> and it's made things ten times worse but never mind not along we'll soldier it still first world problems hey I children know. I'm glad I've yeah. got a sore throat this has been terrible <laughs> So Sorry. on the, this is on the uh, the first story uh, this week is uh, on the Royal Air Force's website, and this one was uh, contributed by 
uh, Mr. Jonathan Warner actually uh, over to uh, Armando, sent to Armando's personal PTUK email address, so well done for that. So the headline is, Royal Air Force commemorates iconic tornado fast jet. Oh, I used to love seeing these come over. So the uh, Royal Air Force has released stunning images of a unique aircraft formation to celebrate 40 years of service by the Tornado GR4 fast jet. Uh, the uh, Tornado is immensely proud, they said here, to have led the tail art formation, our first event which celebrates the imminent retirement of the Tornado after almost 40 years service. Uh, that's said by uh, Group Captain Ian Cab Townsend. The tornado first entered RAF service back in 1979, principally in the Cold War nuclear strike and interdiction role. Its combat debut in the 1991 Gulf War heralded a periodic of or a period of near continuous operations which continue to this date. Some 28 years after those first missions to help liberate Kuwait, the Royal Air Force's two remaining tornado squadrons um, uh, remain in operations in the Middle East, fully committed to the fight against Daesh, a part of the global coal uh, coalition, uh, coalition, coalition effort. Blimey, this ginger beer, Matt, is terrible stuff. How is this my fault? So, uh, <laughs> Lu Flight Lieutenant Nathan uh, Shewer, 27, he was the last pilot to qualify on the tornado, said that I wasn't born, he said, when the tornado first entered service with the Royal Air Force. It was a privilege to fly on today's training sortie, which he said also captured fantastic imagery of this iconic aircraft. It'll be a sad day for us all when the tornado shuts down its engines for the last time. I can't believe it's been that long, but I, I can still remember the family days back when I was a lot younger, uh, going to the air bases and seeing these uh, these aircraft lined up and looking fantastic. Mm. But um, yes. no, a very iconic piece of uh, Royal Air Force history there. So Indeed, the and I think I think it's safe to say that if uh, one is after a strong ginger beer for their uh, <clears> a light <throat> refreshment, that uh, the Morrison's own brand is is excellent. Mm. <laughs> so the next story, Matt. Yes, and uh, uh, that's not. I I don't think, is this one for me or is this one for this, Nev? This one is this. for you, actually, uh, uh, Matt. But there's just a little footnote while you bring up the story. Uh, Armando says uh, about this story that uh, this story could be directly applicable to general aviation in the future. Flying unpressurized aircraft at altitudes above 10,000 feet have been deadly in the past due to hypoxia. This could be a solution that filters down to us minions in a few years' time. So the story, Matt, is... Uh, okay, yes, this is uh, not coming up. Great. Oh, this military.com is the website, as Carlos said. Uh, yes, yeah, so the new hypoxia sensor aims to make uh, military trainer aircraft safer. So a helmet-based sensor that can read human biometrics alongside an aircraft's cockpit pressure levels uh, just hit the market with the Air Force pilots in mind. Uh, Spotlight Labs, a, a veteran-owned small business founded by fighter pilots on Wednesday, announced that its SPY-DR hypoxia sensor, or spider, I suppose, hypoxia sensor, is ready to be used uh, in aircraft uh, that have a history of pilots reporting hypoxia-like symptoms such as the T6 Texan II trainer. Mm. In April, the Air Force Life Cycle Management Center's Agile Combat Support uh, Directorate awarded a $195,000 contract to the company to test the SPIDAR uh, device, which was designed to immediately alert T6 aircrew of low oxygen in the bloodstream and, as a result, allow them to take action to present 
to prevent physiological symptoms in flight, the Air Force said at the time. The Spydar can detect and warn pilots of impending hypoxia systems, symptoms from both the human and aircraft perspective. The device also records the flight, the flight data for pilots and officials to analyse and improve in-flight methods. After the grounding of the T-6 training fleet by the United States Air Force Spotlight Labs executed destructive testing, uh, electromagnetic interference testing and acoustic testing on the SPIDAR, uh, the company said in a release. Spotlight Labs executed physical demonstrations in an altitude chamber, a centrifuge and ground force, uh, ground-based restricted oxygen breathing device the release said Spotlight of Sterling Heights, Michigan, used SPIDAR on more than 100 training flights in T-6 aircraft at various airport training bases uh, to prove its effectiveness. How it works? Well, the gadget replaces uh, existing ear cups in a flight helmet. It does not require any manipulation within the cockpit for the device to work, Spotlight Labs said. It also includes three sensors and a bone-conducting transducer that uh, collects data and relevant physiological points on the neck and head, according to the description. The sensor can then read breath, heart rate and other biometrics and it records data multiple times per second in real time, alerting pilots to any abnormalities with different sound alarms. Everything in tactical aviation is instrumented except the pilot, Brian Brad. Uh, Brian Bracht said uh, that the leading, who is the, sorry, he is the leading biomedical engineer at Spotlight Labs, as well as an experienced F-16 fighting Falcon instructor pilot, said the release. Uh, He uh, served in the New Jersey Air National Guard's 177th fighter wing, according to the service. The SPIDAR instruments, the operator, uh, given, sorry, the SPIDAR instruments, the operator, giving individual pilots tools for safety and performance in flight while collecting valuable data that will fuel improved performance and increased risk mitigation for the pilot community as a whole, he said. I'll probably leave it there because it's going into quite a lot of detail now. But uh, It's a good idea. It's a clever system, isn't it, where it's recording uh, biometrics and and, and things. But it's also a a good early warning system for the the pilot. And and it's it's interesting that you're saying it's like, you know, the, the... all trainer aircraft and the aircraft in general there you know everything else about the aircraft is heavily monitored by by the ground with the exception of the pilot <laughs> which kind of makes sense really so this little device helps them do that no there's been a lot of incidents in the last few years where there's been hypoxia and stuff with um incidents with these particular aircraft obviously where the oxygen is mm. it's not been the supply has not been very good so it's um yeah. it's, it's good well, presuming that a lot of that's height related mm, as well, it will so hopefully save lives Good idea, lives, though. Yeah. Definitely good idea. So, Nev, uh, the next story. Yeah, it's on the uh, aviationtribune.com. And it says that the Republic of Korea Air Force uh, has taken delivery of its first Airbus A3 A330 multi role tanker transport aircraft, which is the MRTT. Uh, the new generation uh, A330 MRTT extends the endurance and range of the Air Force's fighter aircraft and provides the service with strategic transport capability for passengers and freight. Uh, In South Korean service, the uh, A330 MRTT will be powered by Rolls-Royce Trent 700 engines 
uh, be equipped with the Airbus refueling boom system and can be configured in a variety of layouts to carry passengers and freight uh, for medivac purposes. South Korea becomes the seventh member of the worldwide family of A330 MRTT operators and is one of 12 nations to have ordered the aircraft. This latest delivery brings the total in-service fleet to 35. I do like this guy's name. Fernando Alonso, mm. Executive Vice President of Airbus, says that uh, the A330 MRTT has clearly established itself as the world's premier tanker and strategic transport aircraft and has been widely praised by the current operators. It'll be a critical asset for the Air Force and uh, leading Air Forces worldwide for many decades. And uh, yes, of course, this is a very capable aircraft very versatile aircraft as well by the looks of things from what they're talking about and uh, can be deployed into uh, multiple different roles it's safe to say airbus have done really well with this um it's uh, it's it's been a great uh, platform for the 334 uh, the, the kind of tanker transport and stuff and uh, it's worked well mm. you know it's been embraced by um well by quite a few air forces globally now so mm. uh, i think airbus are kind of rubbing their hands together thinking we've done good here yeah they've certainly done better than the uh, the the, uh, the boeing tanker equivalent oh yes <laughs> anyway <laughs> well, it's in the air at least that's something yeah, well yeah, yeah absolutely so the last story and uh, which Armando has uh, said that we must give to Matt is oh, uh, it's well it's 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 a very nice story and it goes along with uh, some of the stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. Oh, okay. And uh, Matt, it's it's quite an important story, especially because of its uh, kind of you know what it goes on about. Okay, all right. Well, let's give it a read and see what what he means by that. So, the Aviationist is the website and the headline is New F16 Fight Viper Demo Team Commander is also the Air Force's first female single single ship tactical demonstration pilot. Oh, very cool. Cool. So, Captain Zoe in quote marks Sis Kotnik is the new F-16 Viper des demonstration team pilot. Captain Zoe Sis Kotnik is the new commander of the F-16 of the Viper demo team, the VDT. On January the 29th, 2019, General Mike Holmes, commander of Air Combat uh, Command, certified the new F-16 Viper demonstration team pilot and commander ahead of the 2019 season at joint base langley eustace the final certification by the acc commander follows extensive training including four certifications off station training flights and more than 30 practice missions with over 1000 flying hours in her eight years of military service sis originally assigned to the 55th fighter squadron at shaw air force base south carolina is the air force's first female single ship aerial demonstration pilot she will lead the team in around 20 locations across the world during the upcoming air show season uh, what i'm looking forward to most is the potential to have an influence on younger generations said Kotnik in a public release I know firsthand and how impactful air shows can be and what a difference it makes to young people to see just one example of what they too can do and who they can become I hope to be a source of inspiration and motivation they can draw on to apply 
for uh, in their own lives. The F-16 VDT performs an aerobatic display whose aim is to demonstrate the unique capabilities of the F-16 Fighting Falcon, better known as the Viper in the Piper community. Uh, these shows allow us to demonstrate the capabilities of the F-16 to a worldwide audience while highlighting the work of the airmen who keep the Viper flying, said Master Sergeant Chris Schneider, who uh, the F-16 VDT superintendent. It's not every day people get the chance to hear the sound of freedom roaring over their heads or watch a team of maintainers working together to make it happen. If you're interested in learning a bit more about her, there's an interview uh, of Sis gave given to the Live Air Show TV in the fall of 2018. So you'll actually find uh, the notes to this story will be in the show notes. Uh, you can click on the link. It's the, it'll be the last story in the military section. And uh, yeah, you can watch the interview. But uh, no, it, it, it's great actually. And, and all jokes aside, I, this is this is quite exciting actually because it will mean, uh, you know, it, it is that thing when when you find out that that you know uh, it'd be very inspirational to other other girls perhaps yeah. who are watching yeah. the air show uh, to sort of think, oh, I could do that, and that that's quite exciting. It's worth pointing out as well for those of you who are off to Oshkosh this year. As we know, Armando is uh, going to be our contact at Oshkosh this year. He's taking the PTUK. Uh, banner with him Ooh. to Oshkosh what, what, uh, this year. What, the one that's downstairs. Yeah, the well, he he's might got do, to take yeah. that with him. <laughs> but he will be uh, for us uh, um, on the, you know, yeah, doing absolutely. some recordings and stuff for the show. It's but it's exciting. worth noting that the Viper demo display teams will be at Oshkosh this year as well, putting on display. So yeah. for those of you going to Oshkosh who are lucky enough to be going to Oshkosh, uh, that'll be great for you to enjoy that. So yeah, looking forward. It will to that. be good. Yeah, it will be good. I'm sure Armando will get us some great stuff. From oh, there, I dare some say. content. And I, I think. I think as well. Um, Captain Al, I think, is off to Oshkosh. Yeah, I think, yes, there were mm. certainly discussions yeah, yeah. about that, wasn't there? Yeah. 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 So that, uh, They'll make a great pairing, I think. That'll be entertaining yeah. for the uh, yes. for the for our US uh, or, or frightening, we're not sure or which. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a bit of, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> so that uh, is where we bring the military news to a close. Thanks for that again, Armando. He yep. will be back next week in he the will. military driving seat yes. uh, with the stories. So uh, we look forward to that. And we yeah. hope you're having fun whatever you're doing yeah, Armando, with the uh, skiing yeah. we have some uh, hopefully exciting ideas in regard to the military seg- segment that will hopefully be coming to fruition very soon so yeah nice. yeah so we're going to start to wrap up this week's show then uh, on this Saturday night to let you all get back to what uh, the busy yeah. beer drinking I'm sure many of you are yeah. doing tonight off down the pub off yes. down the pub <laughs> Uh, but uh, first, before we go, uh, we obviously have to do all our thanks to everyone who's watched the show this evening. And also a big thanks to everyone who downloads the show via yep. iTunes and all the other podcasts you download places across the internet. Uh, social media links, Matt. Indeed. Uh, come back to me in a minute, will you? Okay, so we'll come back to you in a minute. <laughs> Matt has been working tirelessly <laughs> on uh, putting the new website together. For those of you who haven't had a look yet, take yourselves yeah. over to www.plaintalkinguk.com. Matt's just put up on the screen there. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see that now. Matt's been uh, change, having a bit of a change and a spruce up Indeed. of the website. We have, with, uh, as you can see, we've got pictures of us there, the team on the page there with all our little bios there. You can read and uh, Matt's also got a f- another few little um, 
bits to add to that, haven't you, Matt? With I have, yes, we've got a few bits and pieces. But yeah. what a, a new addition to the website, look, is you can actually, this will probably get itself in a loop now. I'll probably break it. Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, so you can actually watch <laughs> the show on the on the website page. You can also listen to the latest audio version of the show uh, just by clicking on the link there. You can see all of the, the various icons to go with that. So, yes, yeah, so we're, we're definitely getting there. We're so well done, Matt, getting, for yeah, that. Absolutely. Big round of applause. Well yeah. done, Matt. Oh, Thank sure. you for that. Don't Top man. <laughs> And uh, don't forget, you can catch up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. We are on there. And uh, we also, as we announced last week, we all have our very own personal email addresses for the show. So what's yours, Matt? Uh, Well, uh, really imaginatively, uh, mine is, (laughs) funnily enough, Matt, M-A-T-T, two T's. Matt at Plain Talking UK. Nev, I think you've got one as well. Yours is also equally as imaginative. Yeah, we, we couldn't think what to call it, so we went for nev at plaintalkinguk.com. <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> Indeed. And Matt really pushed the boat out with mine and yeah. came up with Carlos. Carl at, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. We dropped the os. <laughs> Carlos at plaintalkinguk.com. And not forgetting Armando. Armando is yes. uh, Armando at plaintalkinguk.com yeah. so if you've got some yeah. interesting military news stories and stuff that you want to add if you buzz them over to uh, to Armando he can yeah. uh, put them all together for us yeah just spell Armando for them A-R-M-A-N-D-O <laughs> to think then <laughs> it's this ginger beer stuff I've drunk, right. I've drunk the whole glass right. okay. honestly yeah. it's, it's violent Matt that no, it's ginger good. Beer. no it's good as I say the Morrison's own brand ginger beer is highly it's, recommended it's, honestly it? it's crazy <laughs> stuff it's crazy stuff Indeed. so we're going to say uh, a big but if you want to get a hold of all of us because oh, we yes. can all still do it don't forget obviously you can send us an email to the, the usual place which is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com that is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com yes send in your audio feedback because yeah, we'd love to hear yeah, from you we would very yes. much so so, Nev, what's the plan for this week? Any big He's off to Amsterdam, big plans? we know that much. Apart from Amsterdam, yeah. <laughs> obviously. The plan uh, tomorrow is to turn up at Heathrow Terminal 5 and uh, jump on an Airbus 319 to go to Amsterdam, uh, where I shall be until Friday wow. uh, of next week uh, at a, a usual what, exhibition that we do there. And, and what seat uh, are you in, Nev? What seat are you in? <laughs> Uh, well, actually, a little bit poor uh, this oh, week. It's, it's 4F. Oh, oh. So, you know, that, I might as well be in the hold, frankly. You know. uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, that's not true. Uh, oh, wow. Obviously, there's some, some gold card holders snuck in in front right. of me there. Okay, but, how rude. Uh, I suggest uh, you've got to my, the flight crew. Yeah, right. Uh, yes, I'm picking my colleague up from uh, just on, on the way there, and then we're going to Amsterdam, uh, say, there till Friday, but I'm taking all my video gear with me as well, doing some filming and editing whilst out there. And, um, yes, it's going to be a very full-on week. Um, so uh, I shall be suitably worn out by the time I, I get back, yeah. but uh, hopefully uh, back in time to do the show uh, on Friday of next week. Indeed, yes, indeed, that's going to be great. Uh, yeah, nothing very exciting in in uh, my world other than our visitor, which I'm very excited. That is the highlight for me, actually, is our visitor coming to join join us. So yes, Stephen Ivy, looking forward to seeing you next week. He'll, be, he'll be here, he'll be right here. Yeah, he will. Yes. It, it, doing circles apparently. next to this B seventeen. Uh, <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> we'll have a different one next yeah. week. Probably. Actually, no, I want a picture of the Mooney for next week because that's what he flies, isn't it? Oh, the aircraft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what are you on about then? Oh no! Oh, Nev, that's Awkward. unexpected, isn't it? 
absolutely and on that bombshell i think it is time to end so thank you very much to everyone who has joined us this week we will see you all next week have a great weekend everyone the same so uh say goodbye nev yeah take care have a good week see you next week uh carlos take care everyone good night goodbye